Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show Welcome back to the show After taking a week off last week due to the holiday Back And you know what we're here to talk about And no I don't like it But I'm not one to run But I will say In all honesty I'm real glad uh, I didn't do my original plan Which was to come in Saturday after the game And do a, a, a special episode I'm glad I gave it some time Some time to process My grief <laughs> What up Cyber family If this is your first time joining us Welcome This is Sometimes I Be Right I am your host John Farris Reporting live from Trash Can Studios As always joined by my co-host Wally Say what up Wally So as I said You know what we're here to do um, if you're not interested in Ohio State and Michigan, mostly Ohio State, then uh, I apologize up front and I would say this probably will be the episode you want to skip through. We're not going to be here long and I would say about 85% of what I have to talk about is related to Ohio State. There's a lot to get into. So let's get right into it. So Ohio State loses to Michigan for the third straight year. You guys know how I felt about this season. I felt like Michigan was a bit overrated for most of the year. I bashed them and how trash they were and how they're beating up nobodies. And then about, uh, I guess what, the the Penn State game is when I said, you know what, I should probably stop hating and just acknowledge that Michigan's good. They're a good team. I don't think they're better than Ohio State, but they're good. I don't have to convince myself that they're a bad team to convince myself that Ohio State's going to win. I could just say Michigan's good, but I think Ohio State's better. I think Ohio State wins. That's how I felt going into the game. And coming out of the game, how do I feel? Exactly the same. I know. A third straight loss. The world is falling apart. Ryan Day needs to go. Kyle McCord stings. Blah, 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 blah. I heard it. I thought it. I've said it myself at one point or another right after the game. There's a lot of emotions. When you get into these rivalry games as a fan, it's very hard. It's very hard as a fan to be this hyped and excited about a game. You look forward to it all year. You know, as an Ohio State fan, we won eight straight. Eight straight. And half of those weren't even close. It was wonderful. <laughs> now to be on the other side of it, when you get a loss, you just you just can't wait for that get back. You go through the whole season and you say, yeah, this is great. This is fun. This is fun. This is fun. But that game, that's the one. So it's, it, it's you know, it's emotional. But let me start by saying, before we get into the deep dive of the game and my thoughts on it and what the fallout is of it, because you've heard it from a million people, but it's time to hear it from me because I'm, I'm going to give it to you real. I'm going to give it to you straight. But before I do, I want to give, oddly enough, a ton, a ton of credit and respect and the big old kudos to J.J. McCarthy. Look, I never thought I would, okay? But after the game, the game's over. And can I just can I just set the scene for y'all? Can I just tell you how this game ended for me? So we all know Kyle McCord throws the interception as they're driving down the field with like what 30 seconds left. Here's why it was so bad for me. 
And maybe this this will help explain why I'm giving kudos to J.J. McCarthy. It's not for the reason you think. So I'm watching the game. He throws the pass to, uh, what was it, Fleming? Bow! Big throw, big toss, catch, fumble. Abuka falls on it. Great. We got it. We drive it. They go into a review. Now, for some reason... I'm, you know, I'm getting texts. You know, my brother is a a, a, um, a Michigan fan, and my younger brother's kind of he's a Florida State fan. He's neutral, but he's he he thinks Kyle McCord stinks. So we're all on, you know, the edge of our seat watching this, you know, all in different locations. But everyone's saying like, is Kyle McCord gonna get it done? And I'm like, yeah, I believe in him. So what happens was my my feed must have been a little bit behind because as I'm sitting there, uh. You know, I'm getting text messages from the group chat from my two brothers. And I'm da 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 da. So it goes through a review. Before the before the uh, the ref comes out to give the 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 result of the play to the result of the review, I get a text message that says, "Kudos to the refs for being consistent." Now I think nothing of it because I'm like, ah, whatever. He's probably just talking about the fact that they're reviewing it like they did before. Then I have a brief thought in my brain. I bet my my feed is behind. I bet that I'm a few seconds behind them. And so they're seeing what happens before I do. So as they say, you know, ruling on the field, stands, catch, fumble, recovered by Ohio State. And as Ohio State is getting to the line to run the next play, I get a text message. And all I see, because, you know, I have a smartwatch. So I look at my watch, see who it's from, and I see all I see is bye with like nine E's. And as soon as I read that message, now mind you, Ohio State is lining up, they're getting set, they're getting ready to run the play, I see by, and immediately my brain goes, oh no, he threw a pick. Before it even happened. So they're driving, they get down to Michigan's 37, They, it's looking like, yo, this, this might happen. This might happen. And I get that text message before they run the play, I lose all steam, I'm depressed, I'm immediately like, no, no, and then go, McCord gets hit as he's throwing, ball lollipops in the air, intercepted by Michigan, it sucks, so that, getting that message before I saw the play, knowing what was coming, it it was tough, it was tough. But what happened right after the game, and the reason why I want to give McCarthy props and credit, going into the game, I thought Kyle McCord was better than J.J. McCarthy. And I'm going to be honest with you, this game didn't make me feel differently. Kyle McCord was not good enough. It's that simple, and we'll get into it. But J.J. McCarthy wasn't great either. He didn't complete a single pass outside the numbers. Like, it was all inside stuff, mostly to the tight end. Like it, like literally, they asked him to do so little. Like, no, it wasn't on him to win or lose the game. Now he made a couple plays, great. The biggest thing you could say about JJ McCarthy in that game was he did not make a mistake. And that's it. Kyle McCord made a mistake, but Kyle McCord also made some plays. I'm just saying. But what he said after the game in a post game interview on the field, the last thing he said was. He gave a lot of credit and respect to Ohio State and said that's a good team. And I just thought, wow, in the heat of the moment, you just won for third time in a row. To say that, 
to have that sportsmanship, to have that respect, to say, no, 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 they good. That team is good. Kudos to them. They fought hard. They played hard. They gave it everything they got. He understood what just happened. It was a tough game. It was a tough game. Like, as an Ohio State fan, somebody has to lose, and it sucks that Ohio State had to lose, and it sucks that it's three in a row, and it sucks that you got to wait till next year, yes. But at the end of the day, you can't be mad at the effort from either side. Like, it was a hard-fought game. It was a good game. It was exactly what this rivalry is about. Tough football, passion, aggression, all of that. But I just thought J.J. McCarthy saying that in that moment, not taking shots, but actually being respectful and showing respect in class, I thought that was dope. Big kudos to him. Still don't think anybody should draft him anywhere near the first round, but I digress. So as I said before, this game for me comes down to one simple fact. It's just one simple fact, one simple truth. We all know it. We all knew it. We all thought it. We all ignored it. We all hoped that it wouldn't really ever come to this. But the fact of the matter is, Kyle McCord was just not good enough. He's not a bad player. Actually, leading the, the, during the entire game, leading up to the game, during the game, and after the game, I had the same thought running through my head. He's a lot like a Todd Beckman. Do you remember Todd Beckman? Right? Number 17 played, what was it? I think it was like 2000, I want to say 7. I want to say like 2007, 2008, he was there. He was like the starter. So what happened was, he was the guy, if I'm not mistaken, he came in like after, um, he was the guy after Troy Smith. So Troy Smith was there. He was dynamic, won the Heisman. Then you had this Todd Beckman guy come in. And then right after him, I'm pretty sure the guy that pushed him out was Terrell Pryor, like the next year, right? See, the thing about Todd Beckman is just like Kyle McCord, they're good. Like, they're good, but they're not dynamic, right? Like Kyle McCord, like everyone says it, like if the first read is there, boom, he's got it, locked in, no big deal. Maybe the second one, boom, he's got it. But if the play breaks down, he's not dynamic enough to go make a play. He's great. He's really good when it's schemed up right and the play works. He's good. But if he's got to go out there and work off script or make something happen, he's not that guy. Now, at Ohio State, that's not a problem. You can win that way. Todd Beckman got to a BCS title game. But when he got in the game versus LSU, you needed to make some plays. You're not that guy. And that's what this game versus Michigan was. He needed to go make some plays, and he's just not that guy. And that sucks, and that's unfortunate. But man, what a wonderful opportunity he had. A minute left against your hated rival on the road. You have an opportunity to go out there, drive down the field, and win it. What a dream scenario. What a dream scenario for a quarterback and a competitor. Unbelievable. But he wasn't good enough. Now, this game to me comes down to two plays. Number one, on the first drive of the game, third down, Kyle McCord hits a Mecca Ibuka, which would have been a first down on a slant. Throw was a little low on the hip, not in the perfect placement, but very catchable. Got two hands on it, and he dropped it. 
Now you got a punt. You start the game with a three and out. In that building, you needed that first down. That first down right there changes the entire game. I don't care what anybody says. Because they kick the ball to you to start the game. If you get one first down, everyone's a little settled in. You just did something good. You you won something. You got a small victory on the first drive. Even if you end up punting it. Like, even if you get the first down and then one first down, second down, third down, punt it. Like, you still have in the back of your mind, like, okay, we got we can move the ball on them. As opposed to three and out. And I could tell you, as a fan watching this game, there were so many moments where I found myself hoping that they would get it done rather than believing and knowing they would get it done. For years, there was never any doubt that Ohio State's going to beat Michigan. But now it's like the you feel that pressure of, though, they have to win this game. They can't lose to Michigan again. And so I know the players are feeling that. I know the coaches are feeling that. So if you can get that first down, you get that, all right, all right, we good. But when you go three and out, then they get the ball back, and you got to be like, all right, like, we got to make a play. And now the second drive has more pressure on it than it needs to because you just have to try to make a play. Try to get something done to get some sort of belief in yourself and that monkey off your back of this, you know, try to make something positive happen. That was a big play for me. And then obviously the early interception by McCord, who, when the play started, knew I'm throwing a a slant to Marvin. That's where I'm going with the ball. It doesn't matter. I'm going to hit that back foot. Boom, I'm throwing the ball out there. That's exactly what he did. He threw it to a spot like he's done a million times in his life with Marvin. I'm going to just throw it there. I don't know if he's going to be there. I'm throwing it. I'm trusting him to be there. And what happened was, as you saw, that the way the coverage went, Harrison never thought that ball was coming to him. He was never open. He didn't win the route at the top of the route. He was covered well. He he was he didn't go all out for for that route. Like he it was over. I'm I'm adjust and do something else. The ball's going somewhere else. Like whatever. And then the ball showed up. It was a predetermined pass by McCord. And look, it was a timing thing, and the timing was off, and the and the corner was there. But that gives Michigan seven points. Like that's just the way it is. And to lose by six, and you know, like, whatever, well, there's that six right there. You don't make that mistake. Like, who knows? The margins are so slim in these games. So slim. Now, let's talk about Ryan Day. Because a lot of people, well, let me, let me, let me just clear up the game. So, overall, I'm proud of the effort from Ohio State. I give respect to Michigan. They won again. Unlike the last two years, I felt like this one is a legit win. Not because of the cheating stuff. But because the last two years, you they Michigan pretty much won on like two or three big plays. That was it, right? It was kind of like flukish. Like, all right, we're going to do... This guy's wide open because you did a blitz. Like it just it just felt like ah, you didn't they didn't beat Ohio State. They won, but they didn't like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a you know what I mean? But this one felt like you you won. You won. We gave you our best. Right? We played as well as we could possibly play. Everyone on Ohio State played as well as they could play. Like that's you got max effort, you got everything. They left it out there. They came up short. That's okay. I hate it, but again, these many days later, like being able to really 
think about it and process it. Like, you know what? Yeah, man, you you can accept that loss. That's all right. It's not the end of the world, right? Like, dang, they showed up. If they hadn't showed up, then you would feel like, you know, whatever. But when a team wins, a team wins. And Michigan won, so kudos to them. But, but, (laughs) but, I do have to say, after I heard J.J. McCarthy give props and respect to Ohio State, I said, all right, cool, you know what, I'm not, I'm not mad at them. I'm not going to hate. I'm going to give them respect, you know, whatever, they won. Then you started seeing Michigan players do Michigan stuff. Now, I know it's a rivalry. I know there's hatred. I know there is. I know there's anger and animosity. I know there's genuine dislike. I know it's a rivalry. I get it. But why, oh, why, oh, why must must Michigan do dumb things? When you had that bozo going on live in the locker room, acting an absolute fool, bruh. That's 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 trashy, man. That's trash. That's trash. Nah, nah. Talking all that trash after the fact. That's that's trash. No. Then you got Mr. Roman Wilson, right? Comes out in the post game and says, "No, they're not tough. They're not tough over there. They don't want. They didn't want it as bad as I did. They want to walk around and act tough, wear Louis V thousand dollar outfits. They're not tough." First of all, who the hell was was trying to say that we tough? Is he alluding to like Ryan Day saying this is a tough team? Well, they are tough. They are a tough team. They fought you all day long. In fact, Roman, they are so tough, you were held to three catches for 36 yards. Three catches... For 36 yards. That was your day. You wasn't even the leading receiver on your team. You got outplayed by Marvin Harrison, who was wearing the Louis V cleats, playing with the Apple Watch, who you claim is wearing $1,000 outfits and acting tough. Like, yeah, he outplayed you. And what most would consider a disappointing game for him still outplayed you. In a game where he had clearly the worst quarterback on the day, outplayed you. You know, they didn't want it as bad as you did. Okay, and let's not forget that Ohio State had more first downs. They were better on third down. They had more total yards. Yards per rush was Ohio State at 3.8 to Michigan's 4. So, damn near as even as you can get. And not to mention that when you caught what was called a touchdown pass, Denzel Burke reached in your hands and took the ball from you like you was a baby. Took it from you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Of your three catches, one of them was taken from you for an interception. They gifted you that as a touchdown. Now, that's not an Ohio State fan saying, oh, that should have been an interception. No, there's plenty of people who you can look at that would say, you know what? I think that's an interception. He took it from you. So... Who are you talking to when you say they not tough, they didn't want it as bad as me? Oh, no, he wanted it more than you because he took the ball, literally took the ball from you. Literally reached and took it from you. Shut your ass up. 
Okay? See, when you win, you can win. You can talk trash. You can say, ah, they was exactly what we thought they was going to be. Like, we've been here before. Blah, blah, blah. They talk crazy. But, you know, we won. Whatever, whatever. But you don't have to say that dumb stuff about somebody not being tough. Why are you trying to call people out? A team that wasn't tough got more yards than your team did. A team that wasn't tough had the same amount of yards per rush as you did. A team that ain't as tough as you got more first downs, more total yards. A team that ain't as tough as you was sitting on your 37-yard line. Down by six. Damn near beat you. So what does that say about them? And also, this team... Okay, this team that wasn't tough, that they think they're bad, but they not. If you were to go out to lose to Iowa, you would use this team that ain't tough as the reason why you should still go to the playoff. Yeah, don't sit there and try to trash Ohio State, but then use them to build up your resume. Because apparently, this ain't a tough team. They trash, they ain't no good. We knew they wasn't no good. They overrated, common core sucks, but yet you're going to turn around and try to use them and how good they are to boost your little resume. Don't do that. Don't do that. And we're going to get into it later, but committee, please, 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 we didn't get it last year. Please, oh, please, sports gods, somehow make it so that Ohio State has to play Michigan again in the playoff. Because here's what we know. That game was close. That game was close. That game was close. That game is one or two mistakes away. If Kyle McCord doesn't throw that first interception, what do we have? If they call that play with Roman Wilson and Denzel Burke, if they call that an interception instead of a touchdown, what do we have? What kind of game does that look like? If that's on a neutral site, not in Michigan, what does that look like? Looks different, don't it? Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Ohio State is going to beat Michigan, blah, blah, blah. We're not there yet because it probably ain't ever going to happen. It's probably this game. There's, there's, I don't, I, I hoped and prayed to the guys that they will make this happen for me, but I don't think they will. It would just be too perfect of a scenario. But on a neutral site, warm weather, amen. And we just played you, amen. Amen. <laughs> and we got all this time to prepare, and we, oh, don't, stop, stop. Let me move on, let me move on. Let me move on, because Michigan don't want those problems. And in fact, they'll probably cry and barely ache about the fact that they have to play Ohio State again. So don't even. Don't even. Anyway, let's talk about what's next for Ohio State. Because there's, there's some people that would think that uh, Ryan Day should lose his job. Here's what I would say. The Michigan game is very important. The Michigan game means a lot. But if you could win a national title without beating Michigan, like you would take it as a fan. There's no one better out there. Look at the, Just look at the recruiting. Just look at what they're bringing in. Look at what can happen in a transfer portal. Look at how high profile this team is. Look at the stars that this team can attract. Look at the finances and resources that they have. Ryan Day is a damn good coach. He's doing a great job at Ohio State. He won the first year. He lost the last three. But guess what? If they win next year, they might go on a, a tear of 4-5. They might play because they're getting rid of the divisions in the Big Ten. They might play Michigan last game of the year and then play them again for the Big Ten title. Which literally means by the end, by this time next year, we could be talking about Ryan Day at 3-3 three and three versus Michigan. And that's what I'm saying. Things could change in an instant. In a heartbeat, things could change. 
So if that's the case, then I don't think he should go. I don't think there's any reason Ryan Day needs to lose his job. Not at all. I don't believe that at all. But some people, you know, feel like this game is everything. This game means the world. And if you lose this game three in a row, get rid of them, blah, blah, blah. Maurice Claret said the same thing. And nah, man, don't do that. If you're telling me I'm going to go into the Michigan game every year undefeated, like, yeah, sign me up. Hey, sign me up. I'll take that because, look, Ohio State beat Michigan eight straight times. Eight years in a row, Michigan had the same feeling that we have, Ohio State fans. Michigan lived with this eight years in a row, and some of those years were embarrassing. Remember what Dwayne Haskins did to them? Bro, it was embarrassing. Remember when Curtis Samuel got that touchdown in overtime, the only overtime game in his rivalry, and they won? Imagine that sick feeling. Imagine that fourth and one they gave to JT Barrett. It was the fourth. He got it. (laughs) Imagine they lived with the eight years in a row. And guess what happened? Eventually, Michigan got it together and they got a dub. And now they're sitting here third year in a row. They get to puff their chest out. Like, we own it. We run this. So, three in a row? Nah, man. Ohio State's going to be just fine. Michigan has a lot of seniors. Jim Harbaugh's probably not coming back. The NCAA is going to put so many sanctions on them that this program is about to fall apart. There's going to be some dark times for Michigan coming up very soon. And you know who's going to take advantage of that? Ryan Day. And he's going to run it up. So enjoy it now, Michigan. And Ohio State fans, just relax, rest, because guess what? Pretty soon, this tide is going to turn and Ohio State is going to be beating the dogs not out of Michigan once again. So Ryan Day, he's safe in my book. Let's talk about Kyle McCord. Is Kyle McCord safe? Here's here's my first thought was, man, I feel bad for him. It was his first year starting. He had a good year. But there were a lot of moments where you just felt like, ah, something missing. See, I chalked it up early in the year to the fact that we're coming off of C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields and J.T. Barrett and Dwayne Haskins and Braxton Miller before that. And we're coming off just a run of really good, dynamic quarterbacks. And I was like, well, you know, you know, he's he's good. But he's just different. But the truth is, man, should he be safe? I don't think he should go into the year with the job regardless of what happens I don't think so and I don't think he wants that I don't honestly here's what I think here's what needs to happen here's what's going to happen for me as a fan because obviously I don't have no say in this Ryan Day's not calling me asking what I would do whatever bowl game they play in they're not going to have Marvin Harrison they're not going to have Abuka probably they're probably not going to have Travion Henderson They're probably not going to have some guys on defense. Whoever's going to the NFL, if Ohio State's not playing for a national or in the college football playoff, these guys are not going to play in the bowl game. It's a perfect opportunity for Kyle McCord to go out there 
and show what he can do. See, last year we had a very similar situation where C.J. Stroud lost to Michigan and they didn't know if they were going to make the playoff and they backed into the playoff. And the entire time leading up to that Georgia game, all they talked about was how hard they were preparing for that game. And, and, and during the game and after the game, you just saw them talk about how hard they prepared for that game. C.J. Stroud prepared for that game like no other. That's exactly what Kyle McCord needs to do for this bowl game. I don't care what bowl they play in. I don't care what the level of importance is. I don't care none of that. For him, this needs to be his moment where he locks in and says, I'm going to prove to the world, to this team and to these coaches and to this fan base that I'm the guy. If he goes out in this bowl game and he puts on a hell of a performance, hey, if I'm Ryan Dam looking at it and say, yo, coming into next year, you the starter unless somebody unless somebody unseats you. You you got you got the hey, the position is yours. Now take it, but if you come in and you perform like this, the position is yours. You've earned it. If he goes out there and he lays an egg or looks exactly the same, then I go into next year saying, like, look, man, it's not yours. You're not coming into camp as the starter. We don't have a starter. We're starting from scratch. Now, Devin Brown, I know he's got a really big arm. He's got a really big arm, but not quite sure what's there. Like, I, I, I he's an impressive, he's an impressive passer, but he's also dynamic because he's got the running ability. But I, maybe it's just the number, the thirty-three. I can't really get with, but I, I understand why. But it still it throws me off. Not not a big fan of that on the quarterback. But Lincoln uh, Keenholtz, that dude for me. Oof, man, if there was a kid, if there was a guy that I'm like, yo, I want to see him with a chance. That's the guy. That's the guy from uh, from was it? No, uh, I'm pretty sure it's South Dakota, North Dakota, South Dakota. One of the Dakotas. <laughs> that kid, that kid can run. He could throw. And, and he's got an incredible attitude. That dude is competitive. He's cocky. He's confident. That dude thinks he's going to come in here and dominate like that boy right there. That guy right there, that's the guy who coming into next year is the one that I'm saying, yo, watch out for him. He might be the one. But on the rumor mill, when you talk about transfer portals, there is rumors that Ohio State is one of many teams that's offering some NIL money for Cam Ward. Now, if y'all have listened to this show, I've told you many times I thought Cam Ward from Washington State was the real deal. And if he were to come out into the draft, he'd be one of the best quarterbacks. He might be, he'd probably be top three quarterbacks coming out in this draft, in my opinion. I think he's really good. I think he's a really good player who hasn't gotten the proper coaching to be able to fully maximize what he could do. I think if you bring him to Ohio State with this level of talent, with this coaching staff, dude is going to be a Heisman winner. No doubt about it. And they're going to be in the national football. And they're going to be in the, in, in, the, in the title game. And they're going to run through the playoff next year. And they're going to win a title if they get Cam Ward. I have no doubt in my mind. That's how good I think that dude is. And that's how great I think he can be in this Ohio State system. Now, if that's not true, if he ends up going somewhere else, if he doesn't come, if they don't get a quarterback in a trip, I would, he's the only player, he's the only quarterback that I would bring in and hand the keys and say, yo, doop, it's on you. Hey, Kyle, you got to sit back, Kyle McCord. You got you to sit over there. You got to sit back. We got Cam Ward. Sorry. Otherwise, I'm keeping um, Keenholz, McCord, and Devin Brown. I'm having them battle it out for the starting spot next year. 
That's that's my game plan going forward. I, I don't I don't like that I would do that to Kyle McCord. I feel like just having loyalty and respect, like you can come in as the starter, and if somebody outperforms you, then so be it. But I'm not I'm not sure. I, I think that if you can get someone who's more dynamic, I think that could be helpful. But you would have the same problem next year, which is a guy's first year starting, and then you would have to hope that he is dynamic enough and good enough to be able to be more like Justin Fields and CJ Stroud first time starting, even JT Barrett first time starting. Um, or are you gonna have another common core situation where it looks rough? That is really like the only question, right? But, you know, we'll see. I wanna move on. Um I wanna move on to the college football. Um, the college football playoff. And in my mind, all right, so if we're looking at the rankings, you got Georgia at one, Michigan two, Washington three, Florida State four, Oregon five, Ohio State six, Texas seven, Alabama eight. That is the run. Those eight teams are the ones vying for four spots. Now, I know everyone is down on Florida State. Here's what I'm going to say. I told you I thought Ohio State was going to play Florida State in a national title game this year. That's what I thought it was going to be. A couple weeks ago, I came to the realization that's going to happen. Here's what I think. As an Ohio State fan, if Washington loses, here's what I'll say, because I'm, 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 I'm sounding like Captain Obvious. I was going to say, if the top four teams win, this weekend and win the conferences, then they should be in. I agree with that. But some people might say that Florida State should drop out of there because no one thinks they're going to be able to compete with their quarterback because they got the backup in. I, as a fan, am going to say I would hate that. Even if they were getting dropped in favor of Ohio State going in. I would love the fact that Ohio State is going in. I would hate the fact that it comes at the expense of... Florida State, because if they're undefeated, then they deserve to go. We, You never know what's going to happen in some of these games. People thought the same thing about TCU last year, and they came out there and they beat up on Michigan. Yes, they got washed by Georgia in the title game, but everybody would have. Right? Ohio State just happened to be like the most elite passing team in the world and was able to put up a fight. But even then, they couldn't really stop Georgia. <laughs> like, Georgia's a juggernaut. So I would hate for Florida State to lose their spot if they win. However, Ohio State being at six is very interesting. Here's why, because we got to talk about precedent. So Ohio State was what, three? Let's go back. Let's go back and look at week 13. In week 13, Ohio State was number two, which means they dropped four spots. Okay. Now, the way it's set up to me, it looks like in order for Ohio State to get the nod to go to the playoff, what they need to happen is Georgia has to beat Alabama. Because if Alabama beats Georgia, there's a real conversation for Alabama getting into the playoff. They need Texas to lose to, I believe they're playing Oklahoma State. Let me just judge that. Yeah, they're playing Oklahoma State. They need them to lose to Oklahoma State to get them out of there because now they have two losses and you're not going to put a two-loss team over Ohio State with one loss, the only loss being a one-score game 
on the road at the number two team in the nation. You're not going to do that. But they don't need Texas to lose because Texas isn't going to jump Ohio State because Texas's one loss is a worse loss. And Texas is already behind Ohio State. And because they're such a big favorite over Oklahoma State, you're not going to put, you're not going to give that win credit and say that, you know, you're not going to do that. The committee's not going to do that. Unless they absolutely destroy Oklahoma State. So now the real factor becomes two teams, Washington and Florida State. See, Oregon being number five means if you win, you're going to take the spot of Washington. Washington, if they were to lose, in theory, you would think they would flip with Oregon. And they would drop down to five. Ohio State stays at six or blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But based on precedent, Ohio State dropping four spots. You would have to consider that they may just put Oregon at three. Move Washington down to six, move Ohio State up to five. Now you have Florida State. Now, Florida State needs to lose to Louisville, which is it possible? Yes, because we don't know how good Florida State's quarterback is going to be. But even if they win, if Oregon beats Washington, Washington's not getting in over Florida State or Ohio State. They're not going to. Because in order for them to lose, the game's probably not going to be close. And if that game's not close, bruh, you're not getting in. Okay? If Florida State wins a close, tough game, do you still put Ohio State in over Florida State? Like I said, as a fan, I would say no, don't do it. Because I don't. that's not fair to Florida State. And their fan base to say, because I want my team to get in, like put my team in over them, they deserve it more. I don't think they do. Because if you didn't lose, hey, look, man, you didn't lose. We did. We shouldn't get credited because you don't have your starting quarterback. Because again, as an Ohio State fan, imagine if they did it when JT Barrett broke his ankle before the Big Ten Championship game. Now, in fairness, they went out in the Big Ten Championship game and won 59 to nothing. So Florida State has to go handle business. But if Florida State struggles, I wouldn't be mad at it. <laughs> and if Florida State loses, guess what? If Washington beats, see, the Washington Oregon game doesn't matter to me because you're not putting both of them in. So all you need to happen is you need Florida State to lose. And whoever wins out of Oregon and Washington flips. One of them is going to drop down to six because everyone's going to get a bump up. They may even drop down to seven, depending on how badly of a loss it is. So let's say, worst case scenario, Washington beats Oregon. Now, Oregon has two losses. They drop out. They drop down to not eight, seven or eight. Ohio State moves up to five. See what I'm saying? Florida State loses. Now they're up to four. Now, here's where I come in and I say, let me make a case. Let me just make the case. Hey. Hey. Committee. Rig it. <laughs> Rig it. This is the last year for the four-team playoff, right? 
after this season, starting next season, they're going to go to a 12-team playoff format, and then none of this matters. Because nobody's arguing about the teams from 12, from 13 on. Nobody cares about them, right? They're not really in the conversation for winning a title, so they're irrelevant. In the last year of this four-team playoff format, there's one, there's a couple things you can do by putting Ohio State in, whether they deserve it or not. You put them in the playoff. Number one, it validates you going to a 12-team playoff. It increases the excitement and the conversation and the anticipation of, man, I'm so glad this is the last year of that. Right? So now you've, you're building even more hype for a 12-team playoff. Now the few people that thought, nah, I don't know how this is going to work, they're, they're, on, they're gone. They're, even they think you got to do it. Also, what you do is for the last 14 playoff and these semifinal games, you will have the highest rated college football game of all time. If you just boost Michigan to number one, put Ohio State at four, you put that on eight o'clock on whatever day you want. That is the highest rated football game, highest rated college football game of all time. Easy. It will clear the hurdle by millions. It might be the highest rated football game of all time. It just might. Now, you're talking about sponsors. You're talking about ad dollars. You're talking about revenue for the schools. You're talking about generating an interest for college football. You're talking about taking over. The storyline leading up to it will be unbelievable. You got the rivalry. You got a rematch in for all the marbles, bro. See, I would say make it the national title game, but you can't rig it to where Michigan would win and Ohio State would win. You can't rig that. Get it in the semifinal is just as good. Highest rated game of all time. You make a guy like me happy. You get fan bases talking about it. This now becomes the biggest thing in the world. It is the biggest in the world. It's everything. It supersedes NFL stuff. It supersedes all of that. There's nothing, there's no sporting event that's going to be bigger than Ohio State, Michigan this year in a semifinal with the game that they just had where everyone says that that was a great game. Now you're playing on a neutral field. You got everybody's going to be healthy because, you know, you got all that, you got a month to prepare. Dude, easy, easy, get it done. Should the committee do it? Absolutely. If Florida State loses, or even you know, if Florida State does anything except for win by 30, I say put Ohio State in the playoff over over uh, Florida State. Ohio State needs to go in the playoff over Florida State if Florida State doesn't win by 30. Sorry, Florida State. You know I got no, you know I ended my beef with you. I got no beef with you. I think your resume is just as good as anybody else's. I think there's no reason why if you finish undefeated, you should get surpassed. There's no real logical argument to do so. Like, you haven't done anything wrong. But (laughs) we want the money. We want the money. We want the eyeballs. We want the revenue. We want all of that. And we're going to get that with Ohio State, Michigan. Please, please do it. And, uh, and, And the reason why I want it so badly, Roman Wilson. They not tough. And I want every single player... To show up wearing the Louis V cleats. <laughs> and the thousand dollar outfits. Yes, that's what I want. Dumbass. Gonna sit there talking about they didn't want it as bad as I did. 
they did they just didn't want it as bad as I did. He took it from you. You can't say you can't make comments like that when the guy took the ball from you and you jumped up with your hands up looking around like touchdown, right? Like no. No, it wasn't. I took it from you. But I digress. That's that's what my plea to the committee. Just put Ohio State in there just cuz. Right? Move Michigan to number 1 just cuz. They're probably going to destroy Iowa. Iowa can't score at all. Now, the question becomes as an Ohio State fan, would I love to see Iowa beat Michigan? <sighs> That's tough because I want my answer is yes. But if Michigan wins, it gives Ohio State a better opportunity to potentially make the playoff. <laughs> so it's what's that saying? You uh you you cut your nose to spite your face. All right, where it's like, yeah, Michigan loses, but it also hurts Ohio State's chances of making the playoff too. I mean, unless you drop them way out, right? Do they get a bump? So like if Michigan loses and Washington loses, does that put in Ohio State? Wait, see, now we're getting into the weeds. I don't know. All I know is this weekend is all about hate. I'm hating. This weekend is all hate. Hey, I'm hating on Florida State. (laughs) I need Florida State to lose. Hate. Uh, I'm hating on Alabama. I'm hating on Texas. Hate. Although, like I said, Texas being ranked lower than Ohio State, if they come out and absolutely destroy Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State is ranked. They do have three losses, but they are ranked. And if they get absolutely mollywopped, then I can't be mad at, at Texas jumping Ohio State. Let's just put it this way. I won't be mad. The only way I'm going to be mad is if Florida State loses and they still make it and Ohio State is sitting at five. I will be mad then. That's when I would be mad. Otherwise, hey, man, we just, I'm going to watch the games. I'm going to hate and hopefully it works out for me. Okay. Oh, one more thing in college football. Uh, Caleb Williams said it's going to be a game time decision on whether or not he declares for the NFL. Here, Two thoughts. Number one, I hope he does go back to college. I think that will be hilarious for all these NFL teams who think we're going to tank for Caleb. That's great. And number two, I think he should go back to college because I don't think he's quite there yet. I don't. I think he's all flash and no substance. I think he makes a lot of mistakes that he gets away with. I think he takes advantage of the fact that he runs around, runs around, runs around, has wide open guys. I think he still shows flaws, major flaws, major red flags to me. And also, I think it says a lot if he avoids going to the draft because he doesn't like the teams that would potentially draft him. That says a lot about what you're getting. Say what you want about Bryce Young. Bryce Young never complained about where he was going to go. Say what you want about C.J. Stroud. He never complained about who was going to draft him. Say what you want about most of these guys. These guys are not complaining about where they go in order to get drafted. It happened a handful of times. And if you want to be the next one, hey, go ahead. But with your with your resume and the things that I've seen and the red flags you got, that one for me would be the cherry on top. I wouldn't touch this guy with a 10-foot pole. Let's move over to NFL. I only got two topics to NFL. I told you this was going to be heavy Ohio State uh, show. I didn't even I didn't even realize it. I was going to spend this long talking about Ohio State. Time is flying right now. So I I, I caught a glimpse of the Monday night game uh, with uh, probably one of the worst games in a while, um, reminiscent of a Thursday night game. It was awful. You had Josh Dobbs versus Justin Fields. Number one, I love the fact that Josh Dobbs struggled. I love the fact that everyone's now off of it. Like yeah, it was Josh Dobbs. 
coming into the year, he was ranked. I put him in the cyber quarterback rankings. He was dead last. And I didn't even rank him. But I said, because I don't think he's going to be the starter. But if he ends up being the starter, dead last. He he literally is the definition of a quality backup. He can come in and for a game or two, he can get the job done. He can He can keep you in it. You put him in there as your starter long term and progressively week by week it gets worse and worse and worse and worse until you find out like yeah this is this is why you've bounced around so much great story i yeah everyone believed the hype bought into it thought it was this great thing he's been there for three days and then he won look at him blah 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 blah. yeah it's great but long term like no no we you're just Dobbs. like we know what this is you're a backup it's what you are what you were and what you will always be that's fine you're gonna have a long career doing that you got a long career just being the guy that'll come in for two or three games if need be and then go right back to the bench. But the real story of the game was Justin Fields. And I actually went back after that game and I watched the highlights of the 2019 semifinal between, no, the 2020. It was 2020, right? There was no fans in the stand. It was 2020 um, where... Ohio State played Clemson and Justin Fields lit it up. And I'm just watching somebody and I'm like, yo, you can't tell me this guy can't play. You can't tell me he can't do this no more. And it's like, oh, look at the team he had, though. Look at like, yeah. So, okay, so then you don't think he stinks. You just think if you gave him a great team, he would be great. So if he swapped places with Patrick Mahomes, would he be great? Or is it possible that this guy is damaged goods? I don't know, man. I don't know. A part of me feels like what he is and what he needs is exactly what like Trey Lance has right now. Go to a team where they trade for you because they want you. But they want you to chill. Like, when I think about it, if you if you imagine Justin Fields playing for the Cowboys, like, he could push Dak out the building. Maybe not, because Dak, they love Dak. I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's sad, man. It, it, the question is, is it over for Justin Fields? And I think the answer is yeah. Because this was the year. This was the one. They made some additions on offense, got some weapons, got DJ Moore. This was the year that they were going to, that he was going to, he needed to show something. Now, look, maybe you get a different coaching staff in there. Maybe you draft, maybe they, if they draft Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe that, that does the trick. But. I don't know, man. It sure does seem like it might be over. Like, it might be over for him. That's sad. Because I I like Justin Fields a lot. I think he's a really good... I think he's super talented. But it's not not working on the field. I'm sorry. That was a a weird part. I got got caught up in, in just thoughts of... Like, how a guy that talented can just look so lost at times. That's the crazy part. He just looks lost. 
He just looks like he don't know. Like, even the throws he's making just seem like they're not coming. It's not coming out crisp. It's not clean. He's not delivering the ball with the same level of confidence. It just don't. Something's not right. Last topic I want to touch on is actually an interesting one because, again, as I've said multiple weeks in a row now, I live in the New York area, so I listen to the sports radio in New York. And the conversation this week was all about Tommy DeVito. And what do you do? What do you do with Daniel Jones? Does he come back? Is Tommy DeVito really the guy? Blah, blah, blah. Here's what I'm going to say. Early in the year, I was, I was harp. I, I kept riding this wave of Daniel Jones stinks. He's bad. And I kept arguing, yes, the offensive line is bad. Yes, that's true. But he is too. And all the Giants fans would say, yeah, but what's he supposed to do with that line? And I would say, you can do more than what he's doing. Two things can be true. He is bad. And the offensive line is bad. And when you put a bad offensive line with a bad quarterback, you get, ta-da, the Giants. Do you understand that Tommy DeVito is playing better than Daniel Jones was? He's on pace right now to throw more touchdown passes than Daniel Jones did last year. And he's not even playing a full season. His projections are to throw more touchdown passes than Daniel Jones did last year. This rookie, who's undrafted, right, is about to have a better year playing not even all the games. He's about to outperform what Daniel Jones did last year that y'all wanted to pay him $40 million for. That you all rave about. This kid, who we all look at and say, he ain't really that great. He's not special. There's a reason he didn't get drafted. He's about to outperform your franchise quarterback. He's doing more than Daniel Jones did when he was in there. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. He's doing, he's not great. He's not putting up spectacular, he's suffering. I think he's been sacked, what, 28 times in the few games he's played? Like he's, same problems Daniel Jones had. He's doing more. Which only validates what I've said from the beginning was just because the offensive line is bad doesn't mean Daniel Jones has to look as poor as he does. You can do something. Tommy DeVito has come in there and shown, yes, you can do something. Here's a little bit of what you can do. That's all. Just wanted a little pat on the back. Oh, Oregon's playing Washington on Friday? Oh, Oregon's favored by nine and a half. That's nuts. Friday night, am I gonna be? I'm not gonna be able to watch it. I'm gonna be working. I'm gonna have to catch that one on my phone. That's crazy. Do I need? I need Washington to win, right? Realistically, like what I should be rooting for is Washington to win, because then Oregon would have to drop down at least two spots, right? Or do I want Oregon to win? But then that leaves Washington. If they drop down two spots, they're at five. They just might swap positions. Oh, I don't know what that, this is. This is a, a great a great case of just watch it. Let's get into some picks. Let's get into some picks. Let's see. Conference USA Championship game. New Mexico State versus Liberty. Liberty's undefeated. Liberty's favored by 11. I don't know a damn thing about New Mexico State. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say Liberty wins. Sure. Let's go with the favorite. Oregon versus Washington. 
My brain says Oregon's going to win this game. However, it is on a neutral site. It is in Vegas, which is indoors, right? It's indoors. Jeez, man. Look at this quarterback matchup. Bo Nix has 3,900 yards, 37 touchdowns, two picks. Penix has 3,800 yards, 32 touchdowns, and eight picks. Running backs, damn near the same. Ten carries separate. Ten carries separate the two of them. They're two top receivers. Franklin has 77 catches, 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. Adunze has 73 catches, 1,300 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Bro, these teams are so close. So even. So even. <sighs> Oregon lost the first game. Okay, Oregon lost the first game in Washington. It was a tough game, close game. On a neutral field, I think Washington airs it out. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be one of those who gets the ball last type games. I'm going to go with Washington. I just think all the thoughts are that Oregon is going to win. But I think Washington playing in these tough games the past couple weeks, again, just like Ohio State, just like Florida State, when you play in those tough games, you kind of you kind of gain something. You get like you not like Ohio State was driving down the field with a minute left with a chance to win the game. If not, if not for a, 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 a blunder, if not for Kyle McCord getting hit as he's throwing, like that pass is probably completed. So I think Washington being battle-tested, Oregon pretty much dominating everybody, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. This is an opportunity for Washington, who is undefeated with everything in front of them, who already beat this team, to have extra motivation now, to be able to play the note. They think they're going to come here and beat... Neutral site, warm weather not a factor this time. I'd like Washington to win. Oklahoma State versus Texas. Uh, I'm going Oklahoma State. Texas is favored by 15 and a half. I think Oklahoma State is going to make it tough for them. I think Texas is one of those teams where every time you think they're about to go over the hump and, and everyone loves Texas and Texas has a chance to maybe put their, their hat in the ring to say we should be in the playoff, I think they come up short. I think Oklahoma State wins. Georgia, Alabama, I'm taking Georgia. I think Alabama, I think Georgia's really good. And I think Alabama's good, but I think Alabama has some deficiencies still. And I think those are going to show up. SMU taking on Tulane in the American Athletic Championship. I like Tulane to win. Michigan, Iowa, I'll take Michigan. Louisville, Florida State. I'm going to go with Louisville, but I'm going to go with Louisville. Let me look at this. Let me look at this game a little closer. 11 interceptions for Plummer. God damn. <laughs> that boy be giving the ball up. Florida State's defense is going to make it tough on Louisville. They're going to get a bunch of turnovers. The question is, is Florida State going to turn the ball over also? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Florida State. I'm gonna pick Florida State to beat Louisville. As much as I'm rooting for Louisville to win, because I need Florida State to lose so Ohio State can have an easier path into the college football playoff. I'm gonna pick Florida State to actually pull it out and win. 
And then I'm going to ask the committee to put Ohio State in over Florida State anyway. Because, <laughs> hate, that's why. <laughs> All right, let's move over to the NFL. We got a couple picks in the NFL. We'll make a couple. We'll make a couple. Got the Cowboys at Seahawks on Thursday night. Look, the Cowboys are going to win. Favored by nine. They're going to cover the spread. They're going to look like world beaters because they're playing a bunch of bad teams. I'm not buying into the Cowboys. I am a fan of the Cowboys. I do love watching them win. I, I rack up the wins whenever you can, but I'm not buying into how great they look because they are playing bad teams. Let's see. Uh, oof. Ooh, let's see. The Broncos, Texans. Uh, Broncos are hot. Broncos are hot fire, hot grease. I'm going with the Texans. Oh, you know, I'm supposed to be picking against the spread. Yes, Cowboys cover the spread at nine. Texans are favored by three and a half. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Texans to cover that. I think the Texans win. We got the 49ers and the Eagles. 49ers favored by three. I'm actually gonna take the Eagles to win this game. I'm gonna take the Eagles. Chiefs, Packers on Sunday night. I'm gonna take the Packers. Uh Chiefs are favored by six. I'm gonna take the Packers. I think that game's gonna be close. I think Jordan Love's starting to get into a little groove. I think he's starting to get feel himself, get a little confidence. I, I like that. There's a lot of bye weeks this late. This is late for a bye week. Golly. How many games was that? One, two, three games, four games. Let me pick one more. Let me do one more. Let me do one more. Uh, ooh. Commanders and Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by nine and a half. I'm going to go with the Commanders to, to keep that game closer. Who's home? It's a one o'clock game. Oh, there we go. In DC. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the commanders to keep that game closer to nine and a half. Those are my picks. That's my time, y'all. Look, I appreciate y'all coming through for another week. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And as we gear up for Christmas and you start your Christmas shopping, please be kind to your neighbors. Don't push people over in the store. Don't fight over gifts. Remember, it's not about giving or receiving. It's about the holiday spirit, y'all. Let's love each other. Let's be good to each other. Uh, Listen committee please 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 somehow make a matchup with ohio state michigan happen in the playoff this year please rig it i don't care what you got to do we as fans need to see it i speak for everybody not just ohio state and it's not even about just the get back it's about just the excitement and the energy around the game is going to be unbelievable yes after this year we might get it in the playoff at another time but still we want it now give it to me now (laughs) that's my time look I'll be back. Um, I'll be back next week, right? We're coming back next week. We'll go over all this. We'll go over the college football playoff. We'll have all that. If there is, in fact, if Ohio State does get in, I will be doing a very special episode that will be coming out on Monday. I believe they're doing the rankings on Sunday. If Ohio State somehow gets in, I will be broadcasting live to talk about it on Monday, and that will be coming out on Monday night. I will, I will put it up. It will be out there on Monday. You'll get my thoughts on it immediately. Committee, please, please, please make it happen. Sports gods, please, please, please make it happen because I want 30 days to talk my trash. 
Okay? Yes, I'm still going to talk trash. Because if if Roman Wilson can talk trash after three catches and somebody's stealing a, a touchdown from him that should have been called the interception, I can talk my trash from my couch. <laughs> All right? I'll catch y'all guys next time.